Today on Locked On Red Wings, should Detroit sign Aiden Hill or Laurent Brassard? Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J-A-W-W-J News Radio Podcast. Well, Scotty's host over at Lockdown Tigers as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And um, today on today's episode, guys, we're going to talk about three different things, really. One, we're going to kind of just riff about this Mike Babcock to Columbus rumor. That's like one of those rumors that's like all but official. Um, because I honestly thought he was toast in the NHL. And we'll talk yeah. about that. But then also, we're going to talk about the two Vegas goaltenders that are going to, well, there's three Vegas goaltenders that are going to be UFAs, but the two that are relevant to the conversation of filling a need for the Detroit Red Wings. And that 10 years ago, yes. Uh, (laughs) Not in 2023. But Aiden Hill is one of them. And obviously, he's been a big name, had a huge paddle save. He's been phenomenal for Vegas. Um, Second best goal saved above expected next to Sergei Bobrovsky in the playoffs. And then the other one is, Laurent Brassard is apparently how it is pronounced. I thought it was Brassois. No, Brassois. Brassois. You don't even know how you I can't even it. remember how I was pronouncing it now. You got me all twisted because Scotty was trying to coach me on how to the pronounce it. The hockey reference phonetic pronunciation is Laurent Brassard. Laurent Brassois. Brassard. There you go. You keep trying I, to throw in a W in there. I, I know because that's how my brain wants to pronounce it. So I'm going to try my best to pronounce his name properly as everyone deserves to have their name pronounced correctly. Um, but no promises on that one because I'm not very good with French pronunciations. Uh, anyway, Scotty, do you want to lead off with this Mike Babcock stuff and then get into the free agent speculation in segment two and three? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just pretty fascinated with this whole thing. It's it, Like you said, it's not official yet, and it won't. they can't sign him until his current deal with, who is he, with TSN? uh is like over like his current whatever deal is is done i think there's a month yeah still. i think he's uh, also technically under contract with toronto like his contract he, he oh yeah fired, but he's sure. still getting paid so he can't technically move on until yeah, that's they, gone. They, he's gotta they they have to wait until he's his current contract parentheses s are over um and that's i think th- i think they said there was still like a month until that uh, would would be the case, and that would actually be eligible and allowed to sign him. But it's just fascinating to me because, like you said in the beginning, we were talking about it off air before. Like, this is a guy that I genuinely was one hundred percent convinced would never coach at the NHL level ever again. Like, I, I, I if you would have told me at any point, if you would have told me two days ago that Mike Babcock would ever coach in the NHL again, I I, I would have thought you were lying. I would have. Uh, I, I wouldn't have believed you at all. So just knowing that that is not only a possibility, but but seems to be something that the Columbus Blue Jackets like genuinely want is, is fascinating to me. And, and not to say that he hasn't had a ton of success in his coaching career. Obviously he has, but um, just with like the way he went out and, and everything and, and with the, I don't know, attention, I guess, more to like mental health just in like society than there was even, you know, five, six, seven years ago when he coached. It's just, 
it's wild to me for all the reasons that were cited about like the ugly kind of things that happened behind closed doors or the way that he went out in his last two stops. It's just, it's fascinating to me that, that a team is like, especially a bad one is like, we want that on our hand. I don't know. Well, it's, it's really crazy to me. In terms of the, the bad one comment you made there, Columbus is very much realizing, I think that, uh, they kind of have to try and go for it because this core that they have is, I mean, they ha have Johnny Goudreau for like yeah. nine years and $9 million. I think the max is like eight years. So eight million, eight years and $9 million. And you, you have the situation where you're not good enough to compete, but you just sold your fan base on competing. So you can't really just, you have a win now coach now, and you're going to try and win. Now it's the wrong decision to make. If you ask me, cause that team's nowhere near competitive level. Um, but here we stand. And they're getting Mike Babcock. But yeah, like you were saying, I was surprised. And I was, I'm surprised and I'm not surprised. I'm surprised because I did think he was genuinely toast. Not because of like the way he went. Out. I mean, yes, part of the reason why is because of the way he went out. But because of the fact that when he went out, he went to like coach minor league hockey. And not like good, you know, junior hockey, like minor yeah, junior yeah. hockey, not like WHL or OHL, like was lower level. And I was like, oh, this guy, he's, he's toast in the NHL. But I'm not surprised because we've seen this time and time again. I mean, we're looking at a situation where Quinville's probably going to get reinstated and we see it in sports all the time. You can be a horrible person and you might be out of the league for like a year or two, but it, in the end, there's not going to be any consequences. We saw it with the Chicago Blackhawks, right? I mean, with all the controversy that just happened and all the people who were suspended from the league and whatnot, literally all those consequences are about to be erased in this coming offseason. The Chicago Blackhawks didn't have to give up any picks or anything. They were fined, but they made up that money back once they won the draft lottery and uh, season ticket renewals because you get Connor Bedard and they, got, they had a rush of season ticket renewals. It's a situation where, like, I'm surprised because he genuinely seemed like he was toast. When you go back to coaching that level of hockey, it's like, okay, well, now he's just looking for anything. But at the same time, I'm just not surprised because we see this all the time. I mean, how many times did, not to get too far away from hockey, but how many chances did a guy like Antonio Brown get in the NFL time and time again where he clearly had his own issues that he needed to work through, but teams kept giving him a chance because he was talent. In the end, and it's sad, but this is the truth, in the end, talent trumps all in professional sports. It shouldn't be that way, but unfortunately it is. And if... They think that Mike Babcock, who coached the 2008 Stanley Cup championship um, team, and that Mike Babcock, who took over a good Toronto Maple Leafs team, can still has it in him to, and I think, what, coached the 2003 Anaheim Ducks to a Stanley Cup final? I think it was that team he also had. So, like, he's got success in him, but it's been a long time, and it's just it feels like a weird, such a weird guy for Columbus to go after. I mean, you're going after pedigree in air quotes, I guess, because he saw that success, but it just feels like a really off-the-wall, out-of-pocket move to make for a head coach when there are other coaches available that have been in the league more recently. Yeah, and, like, I, you know, obviously neither of us know him personally, and, like, we're in those rooms where, like, all that stuff happened, and, and certainly, you know, like, not trying to con compare, like, sit, you know, like, I'm not, not trying to compare – Mike Babcock to Antonio Brown or anything the Blackhawks did, but like no, my just, my point was that like we see guys get no, I, second, I understand third, fourth chances all the time. I wasn't trying For to compare sure. it. All those situations are very different. Yeah, no, absolutely. But it's it, it, you're right in the sense that it, it's just like it's one of those things where uh, stuff 
I don't know, like time heals, not heals, but like time forgets all. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if, if enough time passes, you know, like you'll even on a, on a purely like gamesmanship, not gamesmanship, but like a, an on the field thing, you know, like in baseball, AJ Hinch and Alex Cora both were done Great for example. a year. And then the Red Sox literally hired Cora back. And obviously Hinch is here. Like, there's just there's so many instances and situations like that where somebody goes out on really bad terms and then whatever a year two years maybe three four five years goes by and then look at that we're we're, we're right back in it kind of thing so I, I don't know as far as like what to expect I I don't think the greatest coach in the history of the world is gonna take this current iteration of the Columbus Blue Jackets to anything close to the postseason but uh, there's a long offseason to go I guess so we'll see what Columbus has up their sleeve but certainly was was surprising news to say the least yeah. like, that, like that was Epcock? <laughs> right yeah that was one of those things where like uh, you 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 see it and you I I did a double take I was like there's no way this is real it's um very and, real <laughs> Yeah, right. And now, like, here we are talking about how it's, it's just it's weird that he's going to be back behind a bench somewhere. That's a it's, a it's a weird feeling. And obviously, again, brought brought tons of uh, brought a lot of success to the city of Detroit in his tenure. So definitely like, a, a weird thing that relates to, to us. You just hope that because he's going to get this job, you hope that he learned from what what happened and what led up to his firing there were multiple facets also like the fact that he was benching mitch marner and like putting him on second line and not getting that like there's, he was there's oh, so many situations and there's he, so many stories besides dude, like. the mental health abuse allegations that came out against him like even just his coaching technique and we saw it near the end of his tenure with detroit he like the benching of mike madonna so it prevented him from getting to a thousand games i think it was just yeah. like all the weird stuff he would do, his love for veterans and making it so young guys never got significant minutes. Yep. Like, and then just go to Toronto with it. I mean, you saw as much heat as Toronto's getting now. Um, once they fired Babcock midseason and Sheldon Keith took over, that team transformed into a, a regular season juggernaut because they Keith was like, Yeah, I'm gonna give the best players the best minutes. Like <laughs> and it's he was just so in love with veterans and he kind of has this thing against young guys. So I'm not really sure how it's going to gel with an ego like Patrick Line and a guy like Johnny Goudreau in Columbus. So like even outside of all the controversy, if you take the controversy part out of it, when you take into account the coaching aspect right. of how it ended with Toronto, you're like, I don't know if this is the right guy. He seems kind of an old head, you know? <laughs> certainly certainly uh, it's it's gonna be uh it's gonna be something to keep tabs on and keep an eye on for sure no, I'm, I'm I, very fascinated with and again they still have like a month i think until like this even becomes real or or you know like actually happens so we'll see i'm sure there'll be a lot of talk from now to then and uh I, if it does happen it's gonna be a a heck of a spectacle that's for and, sure and i just hope that if he does get hired if that is true that he has taken some uh, lessons from how it ended, you know, and yep. treat his players better. Uh, allegedly, as if those were things were true. Yeah, right. Uh, Obviously, we're not in the room there, but a lot of stuff was said. That's for sure. Yep. Um, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about two free agent, upcoming free agent goalies, both of the Stanley Cup final 
team Vegas Golden Knights. So stay tuned to Lockdown Writings. But first, got to talk to you guys today about eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to the head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Motors, guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Segment two, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Scotty, do you want to talk about Logan Brassa or Aiden Hill? Or do you think that those conversations are kind of combined into one? Yeah, I, I think we can kind of just have one conversation about it. I We can obviously talk, you know, one versus the other and their numbers and what to expect and, and, and whatnot. But um, part of me just wants to hear you say Brassa over and Brassa. over. Brassa. Brassa. <laughs> Laurent Brassa. There you go. I got it. Um, I, I guess we could start with Aiden Hill because I think that that's probably the uh, the bigger name here. But yeah, both of them are becoming UFAs Te- again. As we said in the beginning, technically three of their four goalies this year are becoming UFAs because Jonathan Quick will be a UFA too. But they've had five goalies start. Yeah, right. They had uh, they, they had a kid start three or four games as well. But um, yeah, so Jonathan Quick becoming a UFA, I don't think that's much of a conversation. We can just kind of get that out of the way now. Like, I don't really think there's a fit here uh, that we're, we're looking for, like, a solidified – again, like like Brian said, 10 years ago, oh, yeah, like all <laughs> over it. Um, but I think in, in 2023, 2024, that's probably a tough sell when when you need, like, a, somebody who you can rely on for, uh, like, a decent amount of games. Like, there's, there's no – you know, we, we don't have a, uh, anybody in this organization currently that's going to get, you know, 55, 60 games at net. So, um, yeah, John, the quick kind of out of the question, uh, Aiden Hill, I, I think, is is a really fascinating one. Um, they have Logan Thompson, too, but he's under contract for two more years. I think either of these guys should but either or both of these guys should get a look. I, I think if you're picking one Aiden Hill is, is probably the one that you are leaning towards. Yeah. I think like, I think that that's probably pretty safe to say, like if you, if you had to cherry pick one goalie from this team, that that's going to be a UFA, it's probably him. Um, but yeah, like he had a decent year and, and again, has shown that he can uh, carry, I guess, somewhat of a workload. I, I, I would imagine his games played would go up with us uh, in, in his first year with us if we were to bring him in. But um, that that's not one that, that scares me at all. Yeah, so my only hesitation with Aiden Hill is I think you're looking at – he's been phenomenal all playoffs, yeah. I think, behind Jack Eichel. If Vegas were to win, he'd be like two behind Jack Eichel for Conn Smythe. Jack Eichel's been next level. Despite a guy having a goal drought, he's been fantastic. Um, but I, my hesitation with Aiden Hill is because of how quickly the reputation he had changed. I remember when he was traded from the Sharks to Vegas, everyone was like, Aiden Hill, really? He's going to be your solution in that? Like, you need an actual goalie. Because he's been just okay with other teams 
in the uh, across the NHL. Like he had pretty good numbers with Arizona Coyotes. He had decent numbers with the San Jose Sharks. But then he goes to Vegas, and in 27 games played in the regular season, he had a 9.15 save percentage. His goal saved above expected this season was 7.54. And in the playoffs, he's been even next level. So it went from like this guy is like a, you know, 1B or maybe a 1A in most things to like he's just been a bona fide stud. I mean, a goal saved above expected in the playoffs, 11.17 is only second only to Sergei Bobrovsky in the playoffs. He's been unreal. And my my worry about that is are we looking at like another – Vili Husso type situation sure. where you get a youngish goalie who hasn't had a ton of workload. And like, we're looking for, we're not necessarily, and here's two, what are, what are the Red Wings looking for? You know, are they looking for a guy to be a one, a, or is Vili Husso still a one, a, and you're just looking for somebody to be the second part of that backup. Or are you looking for like a backup backup? That's the other question too. What is Aiden yeah. Hill in your system? Well, right. Exactly. And, and I, I think that, uh, it's tough because he, like you said, he's had a really good postseason. He's shown that he can be a, a backup at, at the NHL level for sure. But it's it's just it's one of those weird things where if you are going to have to, add, like I said, you're going to have to ask more games played from him, right? Like he his his games played would would certainly at least regular season wise would certainly spike a little bit. I think he played in like 28 or 27 regular season. Yeah. So you're, you're going to need some more games out of him for sure than that. And, and just, I think the wings may be looking for someone who is more uh, solidified, dare I say, like, is that, I don't know if that's the right word or not. No, I I think you're right. Someone who's more like, Hey, we, we, the last two goalies we've had have been, not flyers, but like have been, we've given them promotions when they came here and they've had bigger roles coming here than they had with their organizations. Now we need someone who we can just put in that, uh, whatever it ends up being 38 to 48 times next year and just completely trust. And, and they have a proven track record of putting up good numbers in that amount of time type of thing. And the nice thing about, Aiden Hill, though, versus Vili Husso, is he's done it in the playoffs. That was the big, compl- not complaint, but the little criticism that people had for Vili Husso is he was great last year or the year before with St. Louis, but when it came time to for the playoffs, he kind of fell off. Aiden Hill didn't do that. In, in fact, instead, he stepped up to the plate. And I think with the amount of money he's making, which his contract is expiring at 2.175, I mean, he's going to be looking for, and he is going to get a pay raise, but with the that's not an issue for the Red Wings. Like if you end up giving him something similar to what uh, Billy Husso is making right now, which is 4.75 million, I think that's perfectly reasonable. In fact, maybe a little bit more given the fact that he's been phenomenal in the playoffs. He'll probably get a little bit more money, but like, that's fine. If it's to another short-term contract, like with like the Billy Husso was what three years for 4.75. If you can get a goalie for that, because it's really rare that goalies get long-term, long-term contracts. You don't see Sergei Bobrovsky contracts handed out very much because it's generally considered that long-term UFA contracts for goalies are a bad move. Um, If you can get him on a shorter contract and he can serve as that 1B or maybe even that 1A to Vili Husso, like just another guy to help kind of build that bridge to hopefully when Sebastian Kosa is ready. But again, my one big concern is the workload. He's had good numbers in pretty much every year he's played, but this 
in every year he's played, it's been 27 or less games played. If he's coming to Detroit, like you said, it's going to be a promotion. And I'm just going to be worried that he's playing in a good system. He's not playing a lot of games. And that's why his numbers might be a little bit elevated. But again, the counter argument to that is he's showed up in the playoffs when it's mattered most. So I'm all for it. The Red Wings desperately need it. And he's one of the prime candidates right now because of what he's doing in the playoffs. But I just wouldn't. We've been almost, I wouldn't say burned with Vili Huso, but it feels like we've been almost as if we've been burned in two back-to-back years taking, as you put it, like flyers on a goalie who um, we're looking to break out and have a bigger role. I would, I'm almost hesitant to do it for a third year, but what choice do the Red Wings have? They need a backup goalie. They need a 1B at the very least. Like, And Aiden Hill's the best of the bunch, and I don't want to sign a 35-year-old goalie. You know, I, I want right. an actual goalie who's shown that they can do it. And Aiden Hill is the closest thing to that. So even with my uh, hesitations in the back of my mind, there's no better option right now, in my opinion, Aiden Hill on the free agent market. I agree. Cool. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about Laurent Brassard. So stay tuned. <laughs> the lockdown Red Wings. I got it, man. I'm crushing it. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. It's funny, Scotty. We were like, we're going to talk about them at the same time. And then we talked about just Aiden Hill. Right, yeah. That's how so let's go. talk about the other goalie. Well, the other, 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 other goalie, because there's five in this organization. But the other goalie that played in the playoffs this year, uh, Laurent Brassard. There you go. Crushing it. Crushing it. Uh, you know, it's funny is halfway through my spiel about being worried in the back of my mind about Aiden Hill. He, Brassad, the it mirrors more the Aiden Hill situation or the Villahuso situation than Aiden Hill does because Brassad started in the playoffs and then fell off, and then Aiden Hill took over and was phenomenal. Like that, that play style, if you look at his numbers, he only played 11 games in the regular season, but 927 save percentage in that span, got the trust of the organization to start eight playoff games or playing eight playoff games, but it had 894. Like that is even more of the Ville Husso situation than yeah. Aiden Hill was. The only difference is that Brassa is 30 instead of like 25. Right. But that's not really when you're looking for a backup goalie or a one B 30 years old, especially for goaltending, isn't that big of a deal. Yeah. Well, especially, you know, we, we really, I mean, you said it earlier, we have to answer the question of like what we are looking for in a goaltender. Like that, that, like the, whatever it's guaranteed, we're bringing in somebody. They're, they're not just going to not, that's a hundred percent. I can promise you <laughs> today on June 5th, the, the, the Detroit Red Wings will bring in someone uh, that, that plays goalie. So it's just a matter of what they are really looking for out of that. If, um, uh, and yeah, I, I think bringing in somebody who's 30, if they're good enough. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's a problem in that at all. You know, he, he is whatever shares the workload for, the next couple of years. And then hopefully whoever you bring in can kind of do a passing of the torch thing to Sebastian Cosa. I think that is, that is the goal within the organization, but you have a while until that is going to appear like that. That's not like a this year or even next year thing. That That's not like a right around the corner type of situation. So yeah, I, I, I think, you know, I, I'm not necessarily sure I want to bring in, Somebody who's 35 or 36, but 30 certainly doesn't scare me. Yeah, um, I mean, oh, sorry, go ahead, finish. No, no, no. That, I mean, that was pretty much it. Like, he, he, had a, he had a really solid year this year. It was just in like a very, very small sample size. That's all. And that's the big thing. Like, you go back to that conversation. Here's the real 
difference in why you would sign Hill versus why you would sign a Bressa. It all depends on what the Red Wings are looking for. If you're looking for a bona fide tandem in the NHL, like a 1A and 1B, you go after a guy like Aiden Hill. Yeah. But if you're looking for an actual backup and you don't want to spend a lot of money, but you want somebody who in that span of only 11 games looked pretty good with the Vegas Golden Knights, you go out there and you get a Brassa. Like Brassa is a good fit for the Red Wings if you want an actual backup because you think Vili Husso is your starter for the next two years. You can get Brassa for two years, maybe three years, maybe even one year. You get him for short term. You don't pay him nearly as much. He's His contract right now he uh, that's expiring, he's getting paid 2.325. You know, he might get a little bit of a pay raise, but it's not going to break the bank at the NHL level. And you're going to get him on a shorter term than probably an Aiden Hill. You just have to understand then that he is your backup. And Billy yeah. Husso, you're committed to being your starter for the next two years. And that's, I'm okay with that idea. I still believe Billy Husso can be the solution. I think a lot of what happened with Billy Husso near the end of that season was injury and workload. Obviously we knew he was hurt, but he had never played in that many games before. He's a fundamentally sound goalie. He's got a little, I think his gloves are a little weak, um, but like that's all things that can be tweaked and fixed upon. And as his team gets better, his workload in that night to night is going to get easier as well. So I think Billy Husso can still be the solution, at least for the next two years or three years or however long they decide to keep him until Sebastian Kosa is hopefully ready for the NHL level. So it really just comes down to that questions. What do the Red Wings need? What is Steve Eisenman thinking? If he wants a tandem, Go get Aiden Hill. You have your $8 million under the cap floor. You can spend a little bit money, a little bit of money on having a tandem. If you think Vili Husso is your starter, go get Brassa. Now, because Brassa, goal saved above expected in the regular season, was a positive. Now, I spoke a little bit about in segment two about how he, or at the beginning of this segment rather, about how in the playoffs he kind of fell off like Vili Husso did. But that doesn't really matter to the Detroit Red Wings who aren't making the playoffs. Like that's just, that's one of those problems you worry about if you get there. Like the Red Wings are right now in a in a category where you're just trying to make the postseason. Yeah. So don't worry about who who is and isn't a playoff performer when you're not even in that conversation. So if Brassa, who and again, granted, in his limited 11 games played, put up a 6-5-2 goal saved above expected. I mean, he's looking like a pretty solid option for backup goalie right now. And I wouldn't stun my nose at any option available. I think both these Vegas Golden Knights, U- pending UFAs, are good options for different reasons. And the Vegas Golden Knights are going to have to make a decision here because they still have Logan Thompson on the books. So you're not going to – either Aiden Hill or Brassa is going to walk away from this organization because they are cap-strapped, like up against it going into free agency. So one of these two guys is going to hit the free agent market. Whichever one it is, I don't think I think you can make an argument for pursuing both of them. Yeah, no, I I, I don't disagree with that at all. I think the biggest point really that I agree with that you said in there was they both both make sense for different reasons. Like both have a fit with this team, but for different reasons. One being more of a uh, closer to a 50-50 split where the other would be like, okay, we're we're trusting who's so to be our starter going forward. And I think that that's a really good point because that that's the question, like with this entire goalie market, and we'll talk about, you know, a lot more, obviously over the next month, we'll talk about available free agents and whatnot, but it's just one of those things where you really have to lay out and define what you are looking for out of the goalie position, out of the goalie rather that you bring in. Like you, you have to, you, you have to make that decision. If is it, 
Is it Huso is the starter? Because that's that, that's a, a, a much, honestly, I would say wider market you cast for yourself if you're just looking for a quote-unquote true backup. But if you want more of a split, uh, that that narrows your market. And you have to start mm-hmm. looking at, at better and more expensive talent. So uh, it's, it, it's going to be really interesting to see. And, and uh, I'm... I guess I would lean more toward the split just because a yeah. that would I, I would like to say guarantee us a, a better goalie that that we'd be bringing in uh but B just with like how much of like we we've seen this movie before we've been hurt like this before and I, I like mm-hmm. Busso and I don't think that this is going to happen but like we have to remember expectations for Ned going into just this season and how much they were completely thrown out the window by literally like American Thanksgiving. So like, it, it's just, it's one of those things where I think for, for depth purposes, more so even than like your trust or lack of trust in Huso, you need to go out and sign somebody who's a solidified and, and you can trust, you know, close to 42 times a year. Yeah. And there's a ton of other goalies too, that we can talk about. Like we're going to talk about probably Jeremy Swayman, uh, but that's for more sure. of a trade situation. But there's other free agent goalies as well. But we just thought it would be pertinent to talk about both of the Vegas Golden Knights goalies in one conversation. So, like, when we're talking about pursuing these guys, we're not trying to make it sound as if these are the only options. Yeah, fact, no, no, no. We're just, it, yeah. In, in a situation where you're looking for a backup goal attending, the free agent market's actually not so bad. And that's that one regard of this offseason. There's actually going to be quite a few uh, goalies that are going to hit the free agent market that had pretty solid numbers this season. But you got to remember, too, you're not the only team that's going to be chasing after them. So there's a different, a couple different routes Red Wings can take to addressing that backup goaltending situation, and it's it definitely is out. There's a scope wider than just the Vegas Golden Knights, but these are the two goalies that we decided to talk about in this episode. But I do stand by thinking that right now Aiden Hill might be your best bet on the free agent market if you decide to address it via free agency, which Eisman hasn't done yet. <laughs> he's yeah. traded for both his goalies. Um, Aiden Hill might be the best one given his track record, but he's also going to be the one you probably are going to have to pay for the most out of a lot of the other free yeah, agents, given what he's doing sure. in the playoffs. Be up there for sure. Um, anyway, Scotty, any final thoughts? Uh, how does it feel being an engaged man? Pretty good. Pretty good. good. I'm more proud of myself because, you know, like I was telling you, it was an actual, I actually managed to surprise her with the. With that the, is the, impressive, man. That's a, that's a tall task. Yeah, because she's a lot smarter than me. So I just thought that she would like figure it out and she didn't <laughs> in fact at one point after we were talking about it and she was like oh yeah if you didn't propose i'd been really mad and i was like oh, okay i'm glad i decided <laughs> to do it today <laughs> like, well i'm glad everything went smooth yeah <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm happy for you thank you man i'm happy um too. yeah i think that's about it we ball we do ball we'll be back with a new episode tomorrow so stay tuned for that same time same place to your team Every day. Every day.